go through the Ten Commandments when we examine our conscience, or we should examine our conscience. It's good to examine your conscience actually every day, not just before you go to confession, but every day to examine, you know, where you have failed. And so many times Ten Commandments is a good guide for an examination of conscience. And when we come up to the Fifth Commandment, you know what the Fifth Commandment is? Thou shalt not kill. And a lot of people will say, Father, I don't kill. I don't kill, Father. I've never broken this commandment. And I'll say, have you ever gotten angry at someone? Well, yes. Then you killed. As soon as you got angry at someone, you killed them. Right there. That's where killing comes from. It comes from anger. So as soon as you get angry, you're killing another person. Maybe not physically, but in other ways. We can kill people in other ways. And so when you come up to that commandment, thou shalt not kill, always examine anger. Have I been angry? Have I been angry with someone today? Have I held resentment or a grudge against someone? Have I failed to forgive someone? To, you know, did I insult someone? Was I bitter? Was I quarreling? Was I yelling? Was I insulting them? Was I putting them down? There's a lot of things that we can do with our tongue to kill another person. See that? So it's, it's good to really examine our conscience. Because Jesus said, you have heard that you shall not kill. But I say to you, whoever is angry is liable to judgment. So anger. So what is anger? First of all, anger is a passion. It falls under one of the passions. So we have, we have passions in our body, in our soul. These passions are neutral. But it's the intention and the act that we do with the passion that makes it good or evil. So you could have a passion, say, to preach the gospel, zeal for the salvation of souls, and that's a good passion. You could have a passion to love someone, you know, to, to give of yourself to someone such as, say, a religious sister, and she leaves country and home, and she goes out and she ministers to the poorest of the poor, and she's got a passion. That's a good passion. But passion can also be evil, such as anger. So that can be directed to hurt someone instead of helping someone. So this is what the Catechism of the Catholic Church says. This is in paragraph 23. And 2303 about anger. And it falls under the fifth commandment here in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. It says, Anger is a desire for revenge, to desire vengeance in order to do evil to someone who should be punished is illicit. But it is praiseworthy to impose restitution, to correct vices and maintain justice. So if your intention is to do evil to someone in your anger, then that's a sin. If there's restitution, if your intention is to correct a vice, such as Jesus and the money changers, then that is not a sin. If anger reaches the point of a deliberate desire to kill or seriously wound a neighbor, it is gravely against charity. 
It is a mortal sin. The Lord says, everyone who is angry with his brother shall be liable to judgment. So it's a mortal sin if you seek to harm another person. Then it goes on 2303. Deliberate hatred is contrary to charity. Hatred of the neighbor is a sin when one deliberately wishes him evil. Hatred of the neighbor is a grave sin when one deliberately desires him grave harm. And then it quotes, but I say to you, love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. And so anger, where does anger begin? It, it actually begins in what's called the irascible appetite inside ourselves. And before usually we get ang angry, there's a restlessness in the soul. So the war that occurs out here, whether it's with your spouse or with your children, or your family, or against your parents, or against community, or against society, or against others who you don't like, or country against country that we see in war, that the war first begins inside. And so you always have to look inside. Many times our pride has us looking outside ourselves. And we look at another person and we say, what's their problem? And the problem is, it's not their problem, it's your problem. See that? So you have to have humility, self-knowledge to say, what's the war inside of here? Many people that get angry do not have a calmness or tranquility about them. There's a restlessness inside of them. That they're, that they're always thinking, they're always judging their neighbor. See that? And so it occurs inside. And it, and it begins to boil. And so first of all, they begin to sin in their thoughts. Because they're thinking ill of their neighbor. They're only thinking about their vices or the things that they're doing wrong. And then after it goes from the thought, it goes into the words. And they began lashing out with their tongue against their neighbor. And you know what I'm talking about. So as soon as you begin to lash out, there's bitterness. There's insults, such as bullying. When people bully one another, there's an insult that they do. And a person becomes an innocent victim of that. And then it leads to cursing. You start cursing the other person. You start putting them down. You start yelling. You start screaming. You start going ballistic. You ever meet people like that? You ever see the red emoji? The red emoji face? You know, where it's red and it's just on fire. And then they have another emoji face where it's red on fire. And then you see all these, like, um, you know, things over their mouth that, I, you know, I can't say here in a homily. Of course, this is a censored homily. But you know what I'm talking about. So it leads to cursing. It leads to putting other people down, insults. And then it leads to division, rivalry, and even to the point of revenge, where a person seeks revenge and seeks to kill someone or harm someone. And all that is contrary to the commandments to the gospel. We need to point out sin for what it is. Why? Because there are people out there 
that are abused by loved ones, they're abused, say, by parents or by their spouse. They're verbally abused, emotionally abused, physically abused. And that needs to, point, that needs to be pointed out that that's wrong. That's a sin. That's a mortal sin. We just can't say, well, blame, it's my environment and it's this. And, yeah. and sometimes you blame other things. No, but admit it. It's a sin. Because admitting that it's a sin, that's always the first way to virtue, to conquer the sin. You have to admit the sin, that you have the sin, before you can practice the virtue to conquer that sin and that vice. If you don't ever admit it, then it's, it's like a time bomb. You're like a time bomb ready to explode. And you explode on other people, you try to destroy other people, and admits you destroy yourself and you destroy everything around you. That's the sin of anger. That's the sin of anger. And so how do we, how do we combat that? How do we combat that anger? And anger can be, and as you can see, anger can be in a small way, and it can be in a large way. So there's different degrees of the sin also, of the gravity of the sin. But how do you nip it in the bud? How do you get inside where, where you're frustrated? Even you not only could get angry at others, you could get angry at yourself. You could get angry at God because you're praying and you're praying and God has not given you what you want. You ever have that prayer? Oh God, my will be done my kingdom come, my will be done. That's the way some people live. Oh God, you're not giving me what I want. You see the pride? Hear the eyes and mys? Whenever you hear eyes and mys, know that's pride. That's how you can always examine your conscience. How many eyes and mys and me's did I say today? Me, myself, and I. And that's pride. You always want to cut down pride because pride is, is the root of all the sins, of all the capital sins. That's why pride is a capital sin. And that's why anger is a capital sin, because these other sins also stem from it. So you have to watch the kind of focus on yourself. Our prayer is always the Our Father that we pray in the Mass. Your kingdom come, your will be done. So when we pray, it's your kingdom come, your will be done. Sometimes God does not give us a grace because we're not ready for it, because we're too prideful. And we would take all the credit for it, and we would brag and boast about it, as if we had done it. And so God will withhold it for a while until we learn to grow before giving us the grace. Sometimes he'll allow us to pray, he'll allow us to suffer before he gives us that grace. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't pray, but just keep praying, because God can purify your prayer so that it will be your kingdom come, your will be done. But we can get frustrated at God. Or we can even get frustrated at ourselves where we're trying to conquer a sin and we get frustrated and we keep falling. And then we're angry because we didn't conquer the sin because we fell into the sin. So we're angry that we fell into the sin. And then we're angry because we're angry that we're angry. You see that? That's what St. Francis de Sales says. It's really funny. We're angry that we're angry because we're angry. And then we turn in on ourselves. And don't do that. 
through anger can also, you can also turn in on yourself with the sin of anger. So how do we conquer the sin of anger? And Jesus gives us advice. So first, I'd like to give you some practical advice, and I'd like to give you some spiritual advice. So one thing, if you think of anger, it's like a fire. It's like a fire within you, and it's ready to burst out. It's ready to consume everything around you, and including yourself. So what I tell people, if you live up north, you can do this. If you live down south, you can't do it. Stick your head in the snow. Stick your head in the snow. So it, to cool it off, cool your head off. So if you feel that, your head blazing, go outside and just boom, stick your head in the snow. Make a snow angel. And it'll help you. It'll just help to calm down because it's a passion. So you got to calm down the passion of anger that's there. If, if you're down south and you have a swimming pool, jump in the swimming pool. Close and all to calm down your anger. The, the, the Lord gave me another thing. I was asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, give me another thing for people. And this, this is really funny. Sometimes the Holy Spirit has a sense of humor. If you feel that anger and you feel it start blazing, right? You know those like uh, squirt bottles? Take a squirt bottle, but put holy water in it and squirt yourself. Squirt yourself with holy water and say, calm down. Calm down and start squirting yourself all over. Just calm down. Now, if you notice your loved one, your spouse, is doing it, get that holy water bottle and squirt your spouse. Have fun with it. And say, you need to calm down. You need to calm down. I'm squirting you. It may infuriate them more, but calm them down. Okay, it's holy water. Don't get angry. That's holy water. I'm casting the devil out of you. <coughs> See that? You can have fun sometimes trying to practice virtue. That holy water is a powerful protection against demonic spirits. So use holy water all the time. Spray yourself with holy water. Bless yourself with holy water. It can help. But you need to calm down. Go for a walk. Breathe. You know, do something. Get your mind off of it. Read the comics and laugh. Read the funnies. Read the comics. Do something different. Get your mind off. But then Jesus gives us advice. So he says, I'm going to go with the second. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. So if you see someone doing wrong, Jesus is saying, love them. Don't judge them. Love them. And what does he say? Pray for them. So you see someone doing something wrong, it frustrates you, pray for them. That's what Jesus says. Pray for those that they're persecuting you. Pray for those who persecute you. Do good to them. That your heavenly Father allows the sunshine to fall on the good and the bad and the rain to fall on the good and the bad. Allow your charity to fall on the good and the bad. Do good to someone. Say kind words to them. Don't lash back. Because a lot of times when a, a person is angry, they want you to fight. They want you to fight. They want you to put on the boxing gloves. And don't do that. Don't put on the boxing gloves. 
Lay it down. One, one thing to diffuse anger, when a person is trying to argue their argument, and, and, they're, and they're trying to say, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. All you have to say is, you're right. You are right. I surrender, I surrender, I lay down my sword, you're right. If they still want to argue, you know it has nothing to do with, it has nothing to do with the subject that you're talking about. That's pride. That means they want to win. They want to be in control. And that's pride. That's the ultimate capital sin. And so this is why Jesus also says, I say to you, that you have heard it was said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. He says, I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one as well. If anyone wants to go to law with you over your tunic, hand over your cloak as well. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, go for two miles. Give to the one who asks of you and do not turn your back on one who wants to borrow. Jesus is always saying, give, give, even if it doesn't make rational sense. Don't say, I demand my rights, my, hear that? Hear all the my? Always watch the my. And you'll hear it. You'll hear it in society. Hear it on the news. Jesus never asks us to do anything that he has not first done. So the opposite of anger is meekness. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are labor and are heavy burden, and I will refresh you. Learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. Meekness, tranquility, patience. Treat other people as if you were treating eggshells. How do you treat an eggshell? You know, when, when you pull out the eggs in the morning, or you, do you crush them? No, because they'll go all over your hands. You have to treat an eggshell with much gentleness. That's how the Blessed Mother treats us. Always with gentleness. Her words, her messages are always full of gentleness. Always full of compassion, meekness. You'll never hear the Blessed Mother ever yell or get angry at us. Think of that. Have you ever heard the Blessed Mother yell or get angry? <coughs> Do we ever address her as our Lady of Anger? Mother of Divine Wrath? No. See that? She shows us an example, like her son, of being very gentle, very patient, even if we don't listen to her, because there's many people not listening to the Blessed Mother today, even if we don't listen to her, but she keeps repeating the same message over and over again. Why does she keep repeating the same message over and over again? Because we're not listening. Because we're deaf and hearing. We're slow and hard of heart. We have eyes but do not see, ears but do not hear, mouths but do not speak. But she'll repeat it with gentleness, mercy, and compassion, and always lead us to her son. As I said, Jesus has never given us a command that he has not first followed himself. So where was Jesus meek, humble, tranquil of heart, at peace? Where did he conquer the capital sin of anger? During his passion. If you meditate on the passion of Christ, you will find the supreme example of virtue 
against the vice of anger where others are angry at him, yelling, screaming, beating him up. And Jesus is doing the opposite. So Jesus, during his trial before the Sanhedrin, there was one point where one of the officers, he came up and he slapped Jesus on the right cheek. What did Jesus do? Offer him the other cheek. See that? He offered no resistance. He did not fight that person back. That they took his clothes from him. Think about that. And the passion. He was totally stripped. And as he says, if anyone wants to go to law with you over your tunic, hand over your cloak as well. He handed all to the soldiers. Jesus, when he was carrying his cross, that they pressed him to go one mile, and he went with them two miles and carrying his cross. And he was beaten along the way of carrying his cross, spit upon, hit, punched, kicked, all, all the opprobriums you could, you could think of against a person, it was upon Jesus and his passion where he's carrying this cross with a crown of thorns on his head, his body all lacerated. And he was still going the extra mile for us sinners. And then Jesus, he loved his enemies from the cross. He prayed for those who were persecuting him. All the, all the sins of the world were upon him on the cross when he was nailed there. Think, he's nailed. His hands are nailed with nails. His feet are nailed with nails. His head is crowned with thorns. He's bleeding all over. He cannot breathe. They have labeled every insult, mockery, cursing against Jesus. He had every right to be angry at that moment. But no, he was not. What did he say from the cross? His first word from the cross against all of his enemies who hated him. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He prayed for his persecutors. He prayed for his enemies. I like it in one of the movies where the good thief says, look, he's praying for you. Here, he's praying for you. And the Roman soldiers heard this. It probably shocked the Roman soldiers. They were so used to crucifixion and crucifixion that they used to cut out the tongues of the crucified because of the blasphemies coming out of their mouth, because of the anger. They used to cut their tongues out. And here they hear a word of forgiveness from Jesus for his enemies. They hear this word not of anger, not of bitterness, hatred, or revenge, but one of love for his enemies, one of forgiveness as he's being crucified. That's amazing. Because just think, as, as you're being a victim of someone's anger, you forgive them. In the midst of getting beaten up, you forgive them. That's why some of the saints follow Jesus like St. Stephen. As he's being stoned, he forgave his enemies. And that's what converted Saul into a Paul later. 
And many of the saints, as they were being tortured, they forgave their executioners. They, they even they forgave their executioners, and then their executioners became Christians, and then their executioners were executed and became martyrs. You hear these amazing stories. So Jesus is our supreme example that he never preached anything to us that he first did not do. Yes, Christianity is a difficult religion to follow. I admit it. I admit it. It is a difficult religion to follow. It's not easy. It's not easy to curb our anger. It's not easy to practice meekness and forgiveness and forgive our enemies. Jesus has paved the way for us on the cross. He shows us that supreme example. And he gives us the grace if we ask for it. So be, just begin in little ways if anger is your predominant thought, because we all have what's called a predominant thought in the spiritual life. If anger is one. Keep praying. Get, first of all, recognize it. Keep humbling yourself before God, especially in the sacrament of confession. Keep humbling yourself before others. Keep asking for forgiveness. Keep asking the Lord for that gift of patience and meekness kindness toward your enemy, toward your loved ones, and even toward yourself and toward God. Because it takes time to practice virtue, to overcome ourself. Meditate on the cross that the saints say all of the virtues come from meditation on the passion. So if you want any virtue in your life, meditate on the passion. And this will help us as we begin Lent this week. Keep our eyes on Jesus crucified. He's with us. He's there for us. He's praying for us. He's helping us with his grace to overcome our vices and to follow him along the way of the cross. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org.
Thank you, and God bless you.